This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 434, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. All my friends were vampires, didn't know they were vampires, turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town. Welcome to the iFanboy Big of the Week podcast, episode 434. I'm pushing through. I am Josh Flanagan. I have prejudices. <laughs> Joining me are Paul Montgomery Hi. and Connor Kilpatrick. Uh, I'm so glad we decided to do this on the hottest day of the year here in California. Says you. I'm sick of being cold. I am literally sweating. We're fermenting a bit. Um, oh, God. Go. This one I yeah. wish a happy 11th with. birthday to my Cocker Spaniel, Lily. That's nice. Thank you, Willard. We are a fanboy, and we like comics, and every week we read a bunch of them. Uh, some weeks we only have to read a handful, which is sweet. And then one of us picks the best book they read, and we call that the pick of the week. And we talk about it here on the show. We talk about other books from the week. Uh, and, and occasionally, through various environmental and uh, situational forces, it just degrades into goofiness. <laughs> that may or may that may that may it may have already be happening. It may stop. I, I can't. I don't know. And that's the fun of this live to tape show. Uh, that's yeah. a term that I, that's a term that I learned, but way back in school, I just put my 
only got six you grand just, to go on. You just on. got that, that student loan money to put yeah. to good use. Only got six grand to go on it. <laughs> it's fine. Before we get going, there's a warning uh, for spoilers now. So you know what that means. If you haven't read them, you're, you're on your own. Let's not, uh, let's, let's, let's not make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Connor, this wasn't a surprise to anybody in the world ever. Nope. I think on a, on a week or a day where it's swelteringly hot in Los Angeles, I think Southern Bastards number one from Image Comics, Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, very appropriate pick of the week. The Jasons. It's uh, crime comics, and it's swelteringly hot. I mean, look at the cover. The cover is hot. It's all reds. I mean, you think about if you if you ever been down south to Alabama, Arkansas. I mean, it's hot, sweltering. This is amazing commentary. <laughs> I'm hot. My brain is frying. I think I could put an egg in my head and it would be, it would cook. So this is basically. I was thinking about this um, yesterday after I finished reading it, and. You know, if you were a fan of Scalped and you missed that book, you should be reading this. If you were a fan of this book and you never read Scalped, you should check out Scalped. Because these are very much, I think, thematically similar. Kiss and Cousins. In this story, let's not be racist. Paul. I'm not. In this story. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I see what you're saying there, Connor. Oh. <laughs> Paul's a racist. In this story. No, I'm not. They're uh, all white people, so. You have the return of. What Classes. Is, what is his name? Earl. Uh. Yeah. What's his name? No, the man. Earl, isn't it? Earl. Is it Earl? Yeah, it's Earl. It's a tub on the mailbox. Earl, all right. Earl Tub returns home to claim his father's belongings. His father died long ago. His uncle had lived in his father's house. His uncle's finally had to go live in a home. So the house is going to be sold. He's come to pack it up. He hasn't been back in Corral County, home of the five-time state 4A football champion running Rebs. I love the little mascot on the Corral County (laughs) sign. He's been back in four decades for good reason. And it felt very much thematically similar to, uh, the, you know, the opening of Scalped in which uh, the uh, Dashiell uh, comes back. After well, let's talk about the very the opening. The, ver- the very first thing you see, Image, Comic pre- Image Comics presents in this wonderful spread by Jason Latour and, and a dog taking a dump. Right. Uh, on the side in front of the front of a bunch of church signs. In front of a bunch of church signs, yeah. And then we got, we got Earl Tubb coming in. And... I tell you, I've I've said it before, but one of my favorite environmental forces in storytelling is pending dread, pending doom. Right. And when you first start seeing all those signs for th- like for businesses owned by this guy named Boss, Boss and, Hardware, Boss Barbecue, Boss Barbecue, yeah, they start talking about Coach Boss and everything, and everybody's mentioning this guy, and it's it's I don't know, it's like uh it's like Dr. Claw and then Inspector Gadget, except more menacing than that. That was a terrible analogy. So um, Earl's come home to a town that his father used to be the sheriff of, he used to keep law and order with a big old stick. And uh he's come back to a town that's now run by a by a guy named Boss who runs a lot of businesses, cle- clearly has a gang of thugs at his beck and call, including football players. He's also apparently the coach of the fo- of the running rebs. It's like uh, Bedford Falls turning into Potterville. Right. It's and so now you know what's great about Earl is he's not like you know twenty five and here you know the the classic hero of the story he is an old man <laughs> and so you've got this you know if you've ever been in the south these these guys look like they're carved out of stone yeah he's, this Jason Latour gives this guy a great face and uh, you know he's a big old guy he's in good shape but he's also you know he's clearly in his fifties this is or, like this is like uh like 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 the like the American Deep South version of Essex County right. Like if you look at that that face, that's what it sort of reminded me of on, totally. on Earl Tubb. And uh, he finds himself by running into an old friend while he's off having a barbecue lunch, which made me really hungry when I was reading it. Um, gets embroiled in a little bit of criminal activity by saving his friend from the boss's thugs. And when you and, see those deep fryers, whose fries cooking, I'm like, oh, that's that's a potential weapon. Uh, that is Chekhov's other rule. Is this lesser <laughs> known? When you see a deep fryer in the first act, it must be used. Spooks, spooks season one episode one yeah so Ugh. um it's just great and it's, it's a lot of setup you know earl comes to town we get we meet the town's people we meet the we find the atmosphere of the story and the town and the, the sort of fear that runs through everything and the fact that there's a man named boss who runs everything and earl, clearly earl's going to <laughs> run into and i don't know where this is going i don't know much about the overall story i know i just i loved everything about it though the especially the sound effects and the last segment in which we cut between Earl cutting down at the tree that has grown over his father's grave out of the out of the stick between his friend getting beaten by the thugs flashbacks to his Earl as a kid 
flashback to Vietnam, a dog barking. And it's all done in this really great uh, three, six, nine, twelve panel grid. And all, and great use of color, you yeah. know, black and white, and then really deep red. It's sort of like a you know like an like an artery, you know, just pumping out bolts of blood. Yeah, I mean, this is Jason Aaron is a son of the South he's from Alabama. Jason Latour is the son of the South. He is from Carolinas. Carolinas, yeah. They have two great it, essays in the back from both of them. Really about their love hate relationship with the South, and it's, well, and I th- I think that that's comes through in the story. I think yeah. a lot. I think that's something that's really interesting about this because. I mean, I, I mean, it's beyond like I'm not allowed to write this story. I don't think, yeah. uh, you know, in the sense that like it's clearly got some issues like it knows the area really well, but it's clearly got some issues with it in terms of, you know, there's there's rebel flags all over this thing. Mm-hmm. There is sort of this sense of of I don't want to say ignorance, but there's just like the people living there. They've lived. They've got the really small life. And, and, you know, everything is sort of run like, like it's interesting because Earl left a really long time ago and he came back and people still remember him. They remember him for playing football. They like, so things aren't changing very fast. Like there's this, that sort of tradition in it. And, and I think, I think it's an interesting comment. Uh, and, and, uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see how people actually take it. Like, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from people who are in the South and like what they think about it. Is it, is it? You know, is it, uh, de- you know, is it, is it, um, I can't think of words. Well, I, well, I hope that people, in, yeah, derogatory, I hope, inflammatory. I hope that people read the essays in the back, especially like Latour talks about, you know, he's always lived in the South and he loves the land. He loves, you know, they love the food. They both love, you know, the music and the literary culture, you know, and, and unfortunately there's that Confederate culture that goes along with it and, they're always going to be for every region. There's somebody ruining the curve for everybody else, and with this, it's that Confederate culture, that blanket statement, particularly with the South. And he's bitter about that. He hates those guys and those Confederate flags and everything. And he says in the essay, "This is he's angry. He's coming from a place of anger, and yeah. he wants to bury those guys with this comic book. This is a way of getting back at those people because he. It's sort of like he wants to take the South back." It's really interesting, and I think the best crime fiction comes from a place of anger. Like mm-hmm. the my favorite, I love Dennis Lehane. One of my favorite Dennis Lehane novels, "A Drink Before the War." He's really green. He's really angry. He's got this real righteous anger about you know about Boston and what's happening to Boston. He loves that place, and he's very bitter about what's happening to it. There's a real passion there that really comes across in the writing and comes across in the art as well. And I think the passion and the authenticity are really two of the biggest strong suits in the book. It feels real. And I, my family is from Texas, which is not co- considered the, the deep South, at least by them, but I've been through there a lot and mm-hmm. it feels very real. And so there's I, a kinship. There. God, I really I, want those ribs. One of the things <laughs> that I think is really interesting just about this tonally um, is that it does have a sort of languid sort of slowish quality but then, you know, just sort of beneath the surface is all of this tension and all of this anger and all this, you know, gritted teeth and, and, and you know, those muscles of your neck, you know, just, yep. you know, that's always present. So it's everything's volcanic. quiet. It's you know, everything's. Yeah. Connor, you and mentioned like the, 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 you know, his face looks like etched stone. Yeah. But like the tectonic plates beneath everything, it's all about the tension underneath yeah. the surface. And well, that you all can comes to a head as he's breaking down the tree yeah. he's sitting there eating his ribs and he this guy won't leave him alone you can just see the staring straight ahead trying to ignore him and you can just feel the tension in that scene you know leave me alone or something bad's gonna happen but i'm really just looking forward to when the boss shows up in his three-piece white suit 10 gallon hat <laughs> yeah. little sheriff deputy buddy with a basset hound oh man when is that's actually um what you're doing now uh is uh is generalizing based on a stereotypical program from the 70s and 80s but uh, his name is Boss, and his name was Boss. Well, yeah, I know what you're. I I, so I know what you're getting at, but it, it could be considered stereotypical or possibly even insensitive. Anyway, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm not like I'm not allowed to talk about. This. Let, me, let, me, let me just talk about a moment here. Then that the so the friend and he's he's you know sitting at the counter with this guy, and you know it's it's idle chatter and. All of a sudden, he turns on a dime, and he's like, no, get the fuck out of Crawl County. Yeah. Fast as you yeah. damn well. That's scary. And he's got those pink eyes. 
Yeah. It's just, good. it's really, really disturbing stuff there. And Again, I'm going to reiterate, if you were a Scalped fan, and I know many people listening to the show were, like we three of us were, mm-hmm. please re- check this out. And if you re- check this out and you really liked it, you never read Scalped, please go check that out. I mean, I, I feel like these are very, very similar tonally and you'd like them, you know, I can't imagine you wouldn't like one without liking the other. So that it's that. so that it's so personal for both of these guys, and they're yeah. both like working at the top of their game. I think. I mean, I've loved other other stuff by Jason Latour, and I of course have loved other stuff by Jason Aaron. But it seems like this is you know this is personal yeah. this time, and it's in the this time it's personal. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Much like the Amazing Spider-Man number one. Is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the uh, rebooted oh. series. What? I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to mention. I, there's a guy in Southern Bastards wearing Zubaz pants. Great, Amazing Spider-Man number one, and this is the rebooted series <laughs> coinciding with the new movie. Shocker, surprise! This is Peter Parker's back under the mask. Shock, surprise! After after the uh, odd Octavius year, and uh, as everyone who knows how about comics knew, he'd be back for the movie. He's back, um, and so I checked this out. I didn't read any of Superior Spider-Man, and I was thinking a little at the beginning. I think I read the very first issue. I was thinking about this as I was reading this this issue, which is super long on the, on the iPad. It's eighty two pages. I don't know how many it was with, in the paper with with ads. Read the whole thing? No, I did not read the whole thing. I read oh. I read one or two of the backup stories. Right. Um. I I used to really like that slots of Spider Man. I remember being a, I was a big fan of Brand New Day in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's what slot, but I, I eventually just got kind of tired of it and. Well, he's hit. He's hit the Bendis point we had with Avengers, where we all loved Bendis' Avengers, but eventually we we all thought maybe it's time to give somebody else a shot here. There, there does seem to be some rule where apparently only he can write Spider-Man now, right? And I would I would like to maybe hear somebody read somebody else uh, write Spider-Man for a bit, you know, just for maybe for, you know, just a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's nothing against him. I, I read this issue. And it was it was it was fine. I enjoyed it. Yep. I, it was well done. I, I found Spidey it all. Spidey whiteys. Um, it's a lot of I, a lot of jokey Peter in here. So it if you, really, you know that. what? You know what it felt like. It felt like an update of like like basically like a like a Stan Lee kind of Spider Man. Right. I, and I know that that's kind of what he does. But I you know I go back to this every once in a while. I read it, so I'm a little disconnected from it. But it really does capture if if you're into capturing that feeling of that sort of '60s Spider Man. I think there's a little goofiness to it. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of cool. I like that. I really liked, um, I, I don't, I don't plan on, I don't think I plan on keep reading this. It's just, I, it's not for me, but I really did like the watching him unravel all of the stuff that went on in his life, which actually works for me because I didn't read all of it. So I'm discovering at the same time as he is. So I have to put it together just like he does. And I thought that was done really well. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was written really well. And you sort of get a sense of the, not really the havoc that Octavius rot but the it changed a lot of his life yes yeah exactly like that he's a doctor uh, now why is that, that girl so kind of short yeah well, that was kind of that was kind of odd like i knew and i've seen that character drawn uh, by other artists you thought it was a little bit odd because it like drew i forgot, her like a dwarf like a and i'm not i'm not being facetious like well i thought like a little kid is she meant to be a little person i mean evidently she's supposed to be short well because um, I, I i first thought i was like wow I like uh, Bacello, but he's drawing, you know, he's too little. But then I didn't. It's, I didn't, not, it's not Bacello. It's uh, Ramos. I mean, Ramos, sorry. Yeah. I, I like Ramos a lot, but, you know, too little. But then, then I realized it actually was a point. I guess that's who, who she is. I liked also that oh. um, they basically got rid of the Mayor JJJ things back in the paper. It was sort of like a rebooting of mm. the yeah. Back to Basics. It was good. I don't know. I may or may not continue reading. I really. I do think, you know, we, we learned the lesson with, with when they shuffled everybody up, you know, a year ago with all, from all their books. And it was really, it's been really good to get new blood in those books. Absolutely. I think we all thought it was a really great thing Marvel did. You know, Bendis <sighs> on the X-Men books have been great. You know, all these guys moving around really injected new life into these books. I feel like it's time for Spider-Man. And it's nothing against Dan Slott. I just think it's been such a long time. I uh, I'm not happy with the do with Black Cat here. I did I not. It, I did but... not like that. That was the one thing I didn't like was the black making Black Cat sort of the mean and evil, yeah. out for revenge character. But I mean, there's lots of stories doing the other kind. So if they do that for a little while, so you know whatever. Right. But it was good. It was well drawn. I know that Giuseppe Camicoli, uh, who I really only knew from, um, 
who I really only knew from uh, Hellblazer, actually. Right. Uh, it's very good. Is Spider Man twenty ninety nine in the Marvel universe? I don't, I don't know. That, I mean, I was really I was lost on. You go through the back. All they're the, coming all the, back for. They're going to be doing some more. Spider-Man right, but in this backup and, story, he looks like he's in the in the modern day. Modern. Yeah, all the he backup stories. The modern day. Um, I lost track of where that story went, but I, evidently, yeah, he is around this time. So it was. I mean, it was a good issue. So if you're a Spider Man fan and you've been waiting for Peter Parker to return, thinking he yeah, never would. Yeah, I think would. if you've liked what's been going on, then you'll be like. It's good stuff. Right. Did you see the Ramon Perez art in the back? I did. I did, but I what do you, didn't really. What do you think of this idea of someone else getting bit by the spider? Yeah, I didn't like that either. You don't like that idea? No. I, I was well, just, when I first keep, heard about it. They keep messing with the origin. They keep tinkering, and they they need to stop. Well, I was because... I was surprised that no one had ever done that before. Right, but just it's like it. the the more they tinker, the less special Peter Parker is. Sure. Well, I think you could say that by having somebody else get bit, then you you could actually be. Showing how special Peter Parker is because right, yep. it's not the spider bite, it's him. It's just, you know, I would say I prefer that to like, you know, Peter Parker Industries, like that whole thing. Like that's that's Iron Man's thing. And and yeah, you can say, well, you know, well, that was the point of it, wasn't it? I mean, that right. was, Otto was trying to do that, I guess, I assume. And that's why they tore it down. Yeah. I don't know. Amazing Spider Man number one, I thought it was, it was a fine, although it was $7. So, yeah. <laughs> not a, not a, not a, Ugh, not a great, not a great barrier for entry there. So Vertigo Quarterly CMYX Smick. What, what does that stand for? That's a Paul Aller joke, actually. Uh, comics make you kooky. I don't know. Um, that's a comic book. It's, term, uh, I the, think. The, it's CMYK Colors. is the, the the color. Oh, CMYK. Uh, Oops. CMYK. Yeah. Um, it's the, the color profile for uh, print, not digital. Right, right, right. And this R- one, RGB, RGB is digital. And so this is guess going to be a quarterly thing, and so this one is about cyan, so it's all blue. Um, uh. So there have been a couple of these Vertigo anthologies in the past year. Like, you know, the, what was the one? We've, on we've liked the time travel one. Time travel that. one was really good. Right. I think it's been sort of diminishing returns since then. Like each one has had less and less to sort of phone home about. This one was interesting. It, it, you know, made the rounds because the Joe Keating and Ken Gehring story, Joe Keating wrote about on his blog that there was some... They rewrote it. They editorial rewriting at, at least about the it, end of it. And it, so it, he said well, he doesn't know if people are going to... Maybe they'll like it more. He says, but it's sort of like he's too close to it to really be able to tell. But he does know that it's not what they intended the ending to be. And so I read it from that perspective, trying to figure I out did what... Too. They you know, and I don't exactly know what. Well, basically, it sounded like they changed some of the dialogue, which changed some of the story, and they didn't tell him about it until it was too late to change, and and that was just the case. And he was very diplomatic about it; he wasn't yeah. blaming anybody. But I will tell you that that completely colored me reading this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made me unexcited to read it. Um, that story or the whole thing? The whole thing. I yeah. was just like, oh. I mean, it, re- it really, it really cast sort of a, a pall on it. Yeah. Um, what I the other thing I've discovered is that one of the reasons I think people maybe notice that we don't tend to cover these very often or very well when we do is I think I don't like reading an anthology like this in a really short amount of time, and that's kind of what we have when we do the shows like yeah, you want to live with really it for fast. a bit. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, find the only I way I get that. through anthologies is to sort of stick them on something and read like a story at a time over time. And if I have to sit here and look, sort of mainline eight page story, eight page story, eight page story, I don't take them in. And I start looking for any excuse to sort of skip past. I don't like this one. I move on. Um, I don't know. That, I mean, I feel like in the past we, we've not only covered them, but been very complimentary yeah, towards them. Yeah, I know. But I was like, I never finish all of them. And I, I you know, like some of them I sort of skip through. Well, you end up you know, like, I was, the ones I was that we like. Forward, and... Yeah. I was looking, I, I will never forget that the Tom King, Tom Fowler one is my favorite short story in a Vertigo story, yeah. uh, Vertigo anthology of all time. But like there's a, um, there's a jock drawn story in here. Yep. Uh, that I didn't understand at all. <laughs> uh, this is some pretty. I, I felt like these were pretty uh, out there in terms of. I don't know. Sci-fi what, is not. The what word. was a thematic thread? Blue. I don't know that. I don't. I guess was it just blue? It's just basically this is your play with blue, and you know a lot of them played with cyan colors. Some of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm skipping. Let's see. I'm flipping through this next one, and it's just this girl has a blue streak in her hair. There's another one. The um. James Tinian, the fourth one, it's about blue eyes. 
there's this fairy tale at the end of the world and a, a girl sees beauty in the dystopia and in the, in the ruins and everything and she dies after getting infected and the boyfriend is like what does she see that's so beautiful i've got to know so she goes to, so he goes to like the wizard of oz basically of the dystopia and says you need to tell tell me what she saw and he brought her eyes with him in like this cube Ugh. yeah and it was it's really jarring and uh they do this experiment on him and he realizes that what she saw was her love reflected in his eyes and you know they play with the idea that he sees his own reflection later on and he can kind of summon up you know, that hope of what she saw and that love that they had. And, um, so Paul, if you, if you think there've been diminishing returns since the time warp one, time warp was the name of it. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy this one? Do you going to read the next one or. I don't I mean, looks like I'll check it out. You know, if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm but... at least curious to see what, what's going on. I mean, there's a, there's a Fabio moon story in here. I have no idea what it's about. Good, because I was going to say I was I was like, all right, this is awesome. It's, it's really the, pretty. It starts I have no off with idea what it was. Caption: I heard the news today, and you got a guy who looks kind of vaguely like John Lennon. He's got the glasses and the hair, and he says, "Oh boy." And then there's another guy who says question mark, and they lose their their gallery space where they're making these vases, and then they talk about maybe moving to Los Angeles. But then we'll have to buy a car. I have no idea what. Yeah, it, was, it feels it was like very piece of. Strange. It feels like a chapter of something longer. I just have no context for it. So magenta will, is next. I will say, uh, uh, apparently, yeah, I guess. Uh, there's a story in here, Madame Bluebeard. Uh, yep. Again, not entirely sure what it's about, but the artist is uh, Javi Fernandez. It was really gorgeous art. That's my that's my favorite that thing. Was in really this. nice art. Yeah. Really, really nice looking art. So that's that's a name I, I think you should look out for. Magenta uh, yellow. Kelvin. If you're okay. an artist, I guess you can work with okay color. I mm. can I can work with that, and then maybe that'd be better if it was like a like a writer artist doing their own thing as a collaboration. As a writer, if someone so, told me blue, I'd be like, "What the hell am I supposed to write about?" Blue? So let's let's uh, let's talk about this then for a second. Yeah, what on earth would you have done to the story to change what the writer had done when all of the other things in here are so esoteric? Like, what sort of strange changes would they have made? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like, have... normally, normally, if you're talking about, oh, the editor went in and they changed a bunch of stuff after the fact, it would be to make it more palatable. But clearly, that was not a goal. Because this <laughs> is some very, you know, uh, abstract stuff uh, on the whole. Yeah. I've, so uh, I find that very interesting. I found that reading the first story and then starting up the, the Keating story is, is the second story in the anthology. And it was like, yeah, if they're not. I had that exact same thought. They're not trying to make it more palatable. So let's make this saleable for the people. That that was not a goal. They were like, let's muck this up because it's too clear. I I'm just morbidly curious as to what they did because it's <laughs> not obvious. No. Anyway, the art uh, and and Joe had pointed this out. You know, the 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 Ken Garing art uh, is is once again gorgeous, yeah. and uh, I can always love to see more from him. Well, let's good segue into the Rick Remender Image Comics block of Black Science 6 and Deadly Class 4. Yes. And with Black Science 6, last time we mentioned that Mateo Scalera must be stopped unless he destroys us all. No one stopped him. So <laughs> here, he is, is here he is again. Open the first page. A gorgeous image of this alien ape eyeball. And, uh, well, we talked about before how this book – continues to surprise every month and it surprised even more by killing off the main character. (laughs) So who the fuck knows? I love it. There's no way to predict where this book is going. Kill off the main character. Let him, you know, put him in charge of, you know, or, uh, you know, put the other guy in charge of the children. And there's multiple versions of the children, the guy who he hates. Who's responsible over and over throughout the multiverse of destruction of all plans. It's great. And, you know, there's a little moment in here. Uh, A, I mean, I feel like, and, and I, I could be reaching, but I feel like between Black Science and Deadly Class, like we are just, you're kidding this this sort of scalpel cutaway view of, of Rick Remender's psyche. <laughs> I really like, because I feel like he's, he's really putting himself out there and in it. And, I, and I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really think that that's too much of a leap because if you read through, and we'll get to Deadly Class in a second, and I read the last two at, at the same time, so it may have been, but at one point he's talking about the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy was like, oh, this is so gay. And he's like, are you kidding me? This is, this is, uh, and I, I use that term because the character did. Um, 
And he's like, you kidding me? You know how brave it is to put your feelings out there and what you actually think? And I can't help but think that, you know, that's what he's putting into this. It's what he put into Fear Agent. It's yeah. what it's what he does. It's it's how he gets his work across, especially in his creator-owned stuff. Um, and as you go through these, and it's just they're exceptionally visceral. And uh, I just I, it must be exhausting. <laughs> to, to make these, he's laying it yeah. out there, especially with Deadly Class. But Black Science yeah. for a second. Um, the only da- the only disappointing thing is is that we have to wait till July for the next issue. So oh, we haven't we haven't stopped Mateus Valera. <laughs> we've we've set him on pause. slowed him down, slowed him down. slowed him down just a little bit, but he'll be back more powerful. The very than last. The well, I don't know if you've, you've seen this. Josh, it's been the weather. The weather has been out of control. You got tornadoes. You got flooding. I mean, I think we can we can pretty easily attribute this to Mateo Scalera. So, uh, so this is a good. Actually, it's, it's it's the sixth issue. Clearly, it's the final issue of the, of the first volume trade, and mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great uh, status quo changer in that this group of scientists and their family who have been bouncing around the different dimensions through the the pillar or the pillar pillar uh, have been stuck in this ape version of, of themselves of this dimension they find another pillar that the apes have and and in the course of escaping the main character scientist who's kind of a dick but also the kind of the kind of the main character not kind of was the main character gets killed and uh the bad guy quote unquote bad guy from before who had been who had been sabotaging the whole mission is now you know the alpha male of the group so it was brutal um and the, the i mean his spine gets crushed our main character and then He's talking about, you know, he's thrashing in his death throes and saying that you're going to live and you're you're going to get you're going to walk away from this. And I know that you're going to take care of them. And internally, the monologue is about, you know, and this goes way back to issue one, how he's ignored the things that matter. And he doesn't even have a photo of his family, of the kids or anything to look at as he plays dying. And and Scalera, uh, the way people you know, portrays the anguish, uh, you know, and he's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also, I want to give a quick shout out to the the concept in this, that basically like they go in, there's all these monkeys and there's baby monkeys everywhere and they can't figure out why they're not, they're not protecting them. And the idea is that there are living gaseous beings who are just using the monkeys as hosts. And I was right. like, there you, there you go. And then on top of that, one of the beings infects the girl in the yeah. group before they yeah. jump. So now they, not only do they have, uh, the, the kind of bad guy running the group there. One of them is an a, really now an alien. Not you, Gleep Glop. Never trust a man what's made of gas. So this book is amazing. And so I mean, it, I'm just saying you can throw your you can throw all the emotional stuff in there. Yeah. And then you can at the other side take that and put in these giant hard sci-fi concepts. Yeah. Uh, that's that's super impressive. And then and then and then uh, get these artists. Uh, you know, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to discount Dean White in the least no, either. Like, no, no, just no. as a he's doing the painted a, art, which yeah. is the color, which is great. It's a package. This thing's just stupid. And Deadly <laughs> Class, um, I like more more of each issue. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think I, pre- I think I prefer Deadly Class just a little bit over Black Science. And really? yeah, um, I, I love them both though. I mean, it's I love you must love one and hate the other. <laughs> one. That's no, but I really like it, and I just don't it, change your mind. It feels it just feels all the more personal. The and, and I think you know the the, the West Craig art, um, the layouts are, are are so amazing. Um, and this is such a well, this is a trip. This is literally a trip. I mean, they're they're going to Vegas. The road, no, it's a road trip. It's to a road a trip. That show to buy drugs that they can then go back to their school and sell for a profit. And of course, well, they also want to kill the one kid's dad. Right, but the, I mean, they, they, the the impetus for the trip was to get the drugs, and then right. in the way they're also going to kill the dad in Vegas. But because uh, because the main character's in solitary confinement for last issue's murder that he committed that wasn't sanctioned or it was the wrong person he could killed. So, rules. so the other rule they broke is they, they his friends broke him out of solitary because they realized that they don't check on you during solitary. So they, as long as they bring him back before his sentence is up, they will get away with it and. End up running to some hippies and at the Grateful Dead show, and and the main character has a bad trip. Yeah, they get and some bad acid that that doesn't do anything, and they then, get, get the good then they get the they good get acid, and, and he's like, whatever, and he puts the whole thing, he wads it up, puts it in his mouth, the whole sheet, and and the the guy who sold it to him is like running, he's like, good luck with that, and, and runs <laughs> I, off. I, that made me laugh. And it's like thirty five minutes later, and he's like curled up, you know, in fetal position under the car, and they have to talk him out of it. There was a urban legend around these parts about a guy who had some acid and, and ran into some cops, and he uh, he ran off, and he made the mistake of hiding it under his shirt, and so it was pressed up against his body, 
and he was sweating as he was running mm-hmm. and he ended up thinking that he was uh, a glass of water. Oh, and was that little fat kid you? No, that wasn't me. And I didn't say the kid was fat. I was a, that was a line from a movie, by the okay. way. Okay. Is anybody, did Paul, uh, Connor, did you catch that at all? Is that just me? Somebody out there will catch it. Okay. And so they had to go through. Why are you so fat? He had to go through therapy to get him to believe he was a a bigger and bigger container to contain the water because he was worried about tipping over and the water coming out. At first, I thought this story was going on too long, but then that was a good ending. So I I, I appreciate you you telling it. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I made it longer. Everything comes into comes to a head of the story. The the, there's a girl in the group that likes the main character. And uh, her her boyfriend or her her friend or who likes her clearly is, is tailing them with he's he's got murder in his it's mind. A jilted ex boyfriend is chasing. And then the guy from before whose face is all fucked up, he's tailing them also. It's all gonna come to a head. They should also just call this book "Blood on the Page" because you know Remender just opens up his veins for this one. Really, I mean, like when you thought the other one was pretty was pretty intense, this is this is like oh yeah. Yeah, I think this is the the sharpest writing, and I and I'm in love with the art too. So. Yeah, good stuff. So when Black Science Volume 1 comes out, which I'm sure will be next month or the month after, you should head on over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Pick it up there. We get a little piece of the action. You get an amazing comic. Amazon gets a little less money. We get, we get, we get to keep the lights on. Everybody wins. So go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon for all of your purchases, and we really appreciate when you do that. Also, ifanboy.com slash registration. Well, for three dollars a month, thirty dollars a year, you or any any random donation amount, you can help us directly by giving to the show and helping us uh, continue on. We appreciate everyone who does that. Batman Eternal 4, I thought, was the closest we've come yet to the tone of that flash-forward issue that we had in the Batman series in which we saw this world, and we saw Dustin Gwynn drawing it, and here, Dustin Gwynn's drawing it, and it's focused mostly on Batgirl and Stephanie Brown. So I thought this was was the closest we've come yet to that. Not on the mark, because it's not Snyder writing it, but I thought it was more fun than this book has been so far so he's not writing from here like he did he worked on the first three and then after that you're on your own he's plotting it or helping plot he's the showrunner so i thought this was okay i mean this is i, I don't know what to make of this yet i'm not sure but i did are you are, are you you're enjoying it or it's okay are you, or you're, okay. you're reading it i'm reading it I, I i thought this issue was gorgeous i really did i thought there was some really fantastic panels Dustin Gwynn's really one of the uh, he's he's starting to be one of the more underrated artists I feel like there's this great sort of impressionistic panel of Stephanie walking through the streets of Gotham in the middle of the night and there's like a fire in the background and it's all very very shadow heavy and looks like like they just brush on the page looks like it's really really beautiful shot so as long as he's going to draw some issues it's like impressionistic almost in the the background really really nice Um, if you're going to do something like that that's that's cool. Um, that's it's a it's it's a big step up in the art department. Yeah, and you can't always count on that with a weekly book. Tis true. So and and I think the same thing goes for the scripts on a weekly book too. I mean, you're not like each week isn't going to be the, you know, you're leading to touchstones, but you know, I think I prefer the pace of a, of a monthly book than I do like uh, weekly, and I think they've shown when if they if they're done well, like Fifty Two was, which was so long ago. Yes, it was. It, it can be an amazing experience. Nearly a decade at this point. 52 was, anyway. was an amazing wow. experience to read week to week, but, uh, you know, hasn't been so good since then. So, um, Chew is one of those books that I don't feel like we've talked about in a while. I, 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 I you guys, I mean, you guys still reading this? You I moved to like trade it? on it years ago. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, then I'll make this quick. Uh, basically, issue 41, again, we're building up to we're in our third act, I think, here. Uh, one, I guess the thing that was really interesting about this one is that um, it sort of it, it signals a paradigm shift in that Tony Chu had basically been in a sort of daze for many, many issues before this. And, and in this one, like he's the at this point, he's the hero, like he's the most respected agent in the FDA, um, which is a really fun way to sort of do things differently right. um and he gets a little bit of happiness and some good stuff happens to him in this issue i'm not well we know that's just we, we, and that's happened in the past and the very next issues shit went bad so yeah well i mean that that could definitely happen but it's just it's fun and it continues to be imaginative uh people are all killed with a fudge gun so there's just there's like people covered in chocolate screaming in terror just frozen in their tracks just like drown in fudge like a, 
like like a delicious chocolate Pompeii. Listen, there's there's a lot of ways to go. Many of them horrible. Yeah, that is not one of those ways. Well, they don't look happy. Um, it's delicious, and, delicious fudge. Yeah, it's rich though. Fudge gun. Fudge Paul, gun. when you're when you're imminently about to die, you don't know about calories. It's, in the in the middle of this, by the way, there's just a two page spread of Poyo fighting the Unisaurus Rex, which is a pink dinosaur with a purple and green mohawk and a and a unicorn. It's for no reason. <laughs> and they're just like, I'm gonna put this in here. That's so, like Axe and then the, the dinosaur. Listen, and the dinosaur has a, ta- a heart tattoo that says Ian Malcolm. Ian Mal- yeah, Ian Malcolm rules. <laughs> so the 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 chaos is uh, <laughs> uh, at hand. I I really do love Chew. I really yeah. Do. It's, it was it's, it was a good issue, and I just wanted to call it out. Uh, like it's it's what you expect out of Chew, and it's totally fine. But they're still doing it, you know, all the time. They're wrapping. Is, is, life 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 finds a way. Is it sixty issues wrapping up? At that sounds right. Around there, somewhere around. I there. will break out my piss poor. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Anytime. Uh, so um, uh, all new X Men twenty six. In which Cyclops finds that sometimes ladies like an older, more mature man, especially when they're an older, more mature version of their boyfriend, especially if they're, you know, mm-hmm. heavily and muscled left. and the boyfriend left. I, I just I really I just wanted to call this out because I, I thought I was really impressed by the end of that one scene. Gene, uh, basically Scott and Gene are talking and uh, Gene puts her hands her hand on Scott's hand and there's a pause, there's a, there's a moment and you go, Oh wow, this is, this is a thing. And, and Scott just goes, this, that can never happen. And then he walks out and Kitty, who is, <laughs> I, I love Kitty's role. who's yeah. like, I don't ever want you in a room with her alone. And just those couple of moments made the entire issue worth it for me. I thought they were very genuine. I thought they were very true. Yeah. Uh, and really good character stuff. Really interesting was it a yes stuff. Man? Actually, yeah. Pretty edgy stuff. Um, yeah, that was really, really, really good. And then I love the cliffhanger in which the, Evil X Men from the future are walking on the uh, like, much like the 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 walkers the from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're walking, the White Walkers. White Walkers are walking towards the X Men base. So. I was thinking of the thing because you've got a Shapeshifter mm-hmm. is somewhere in there, and there's snow outside, and you know X twenty three. Lara is her name. Um, Laura. So I didn't realize that. I was like, I was reading the comments. Neither like, did Bobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, Which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she comes in, and she's she's I, been Bendis. wounded by someone who is pretending to be young Scott. Right. And she's and you know one of the people in this room. It's such a classic, you know, yeah. sci-fi thing. Yeah. One of you, one of you is is a you know traitor. Twilight Zone. That, that Twilight great episode Zone, yeah. in, the, in the diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He. This is what you get when you shuffle the writers up. And Bendis is doing a still doing a wonderful job on X Men. This is a really yeah. good issue for Eminent as well. I thought I. I really yeah. like the outdoor scene with X twenty three. Um, yeah. Just look great. Yeah, I gotta say, like at this point, I. I kind of. I think I feel like I lost the three because this is the one that crossed over with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think yeah. I even dropped off for a little bit. But I look at the cover and I see Bendis doing these characters he's really good at, and Stuart Eminent. I just. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read that. I don't even care. I just want to yeah. look at. It. Uh, and you didn't need to know anything. Right they, they summed it yeah. up in the first yes. scene. What had happened? She was in space. She was charged with crimes, and then she, you know it ended. So really didn't. It's a pro. I think we, yeah. next next week we get the uh, Cyclops in outer space stuff with, uh, from Rocka. I'm excited about that. Cool. They're going places with this concept. I like this whole idea of the young X. But when I first heard about, it, I was like, eh. but it's but really you know Mar- the one thing Marvel's going to do lately is stick with something. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's going to be replaced with Dr. Octopus for two years. Whoa. It was only a year. Whatever. We figured that out. Still, that's a long time. They double ship. Conviction. (laughs) Avengers AI-12. The robot Avengers? Yeah, this is the robot Avengers, basically. And you 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 got Hank Pym, and you've got, uh, was it Victor Mancha from uh, The Runaways? And Doombot's in there. Doombot's pretty great. And uh, this is Sam Humphreys and Andrea Rajo's last issue. And Andre Araujo, and if I'm pronouncing that last name incorrectly, I'm very sorry. Because um, he's one of my favorite up and coming artists, and he does this thing where, I mean, I I know he's uh, heavily influenced by like Mobius as well as like Atomo. Uh, there's a lot of Akira in here, and it's a great combination. Um, and I'm 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 heartened to to know that he's going to be doing he's going to be doing more stuff. I think he's he's going on to Ultimate FF with uh, Josh Fialkov uh, mm-hmm. coming up. 
And so I'll be looking forward to that because I, I was interested in that first Ultimate FF issue, but the art wasn't quite for me. So I agree. I forgot to bring that up when he was on the show. And yeah, I, thought, I was not- I was wavering back and forth. I was like, eh, let's let's give it another few issues and see where this goes. But because I was so conflicted on that book. But anyways, this is this is the end of that of that story, and you know, a lot of threads left dangling. But there's still some cool stuff in here. There's a like a Galactus floating prone in outer space with tentacles coming out of his eyes. And Demetrios chopping his head off, the the big Galactus head off and, you know, like riding it through space and crazy visual stuff. And it takes place in 12,000 AD. And I, I kind of love the ambition of the book. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to see it go so soon. Mm. Uh, Star Wars Rebel Heist. Did you guys know about this? This is no. Matt. This is Matt Kent doing Star I've heard Wars. Of this. Yeah. And there's there's going to be four issues. And each issue is basically going to be a character study. Um, so this first one is Han Solo. Second one is going to be Princess Leia. The third one is going to be Chewbacca. And we're going to round it out with Luke Skywalker. I was really hoping you were going to say a different name at the end. I was waiting for it, but that's fine. There's yes. no wedge until No wedge until <laughs> It's fine. We could see wedge. This takes place. This is uh, Dark Horse's happy place at the moment right now with Star Wars is that space at the moment at is the, the moment yeah. when anything comes out yeah it has been is it's that area between um a new hope and, and empire strikes back so this is sort of concurrent with uh the regular star wars right line, yeah. right guys line. i don't know if you know this but none of this is going to be canon so i don't know why <laughs> we're talking about it i mean if you enjoy it i guess it's fine but what's the point <laughs> okay <laughs> it's so goddamn hot it All is right. hot so uh it's not canon. Is those, it good? It's, those it was, are books we were... I didn't say anything about it. I just said what it was. I'll just, I'll be yeah, very I'll, I'll be very quick. It's a, it's a character study. I want study. the show to end cuz I'm just going to pass There's out. a guy who wants to join the Rebel Alliance and he's going to meet up with somebody, some kind of contact yeah. on Corellia and it ends up being Han Solo and he talks about how, you know, fascinating Han Solo is and it's basically a chance for Kent to talk about how cool Han is. And by the, but by the end of it, Han is making so many reckless choices and gets them captured. That's what cool dudes do, man. Yeah, they don't think no, about he, the rules or the that's consequences. That's, that's he gets the them captured, and yeah. But then this guy who was thinking about joining the Rebel Alliance is like, you know what? I don't think I want to join the Rebel Alliance. This is stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on Han, and he turns his gun on him and aids the uh, the Empire. And well, fuck that guy. So there's there, it's a, it's a little bit of espionage kind of a thread, and I think Chewie's gonna probably have to rescue him oh wait so the shadows of the empire doesn't count either what did i waste my time (laughs) those those are the books we're going to talk about this week prince caesar is not even a real character you can talk about other books of the week that we didn't get a chance to to speak of or comment on these books whatever you want in the comment section at fanboy.com what about the story about bosk does that count still what story about bosk any uh tales of the bounty hunters that counts. You're damn right it counts. Those were cool. I like well, those. Zuckus, Tales from Zuckus, the Cantina. Zuckus is another man what's made of gas. Was he? Yeah. He's, 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 he's in a gas bag suit. I always liked Dengar. I like the guy wrapped in bandages. Dengar story. Man. He, was a, he was a No, he was a swoop pilot. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, Han and Solo screwed him up, and now he... Were they in a race, and then the Han came down on top of his head or something? Yeah, like on his yeah, bike so, uh, and really messed them it's, up. It's literally been probably 15, 16 years since I read them, so it's getting spotty, but yeah, swoop. Josh, you want to read the audience question? I really just want to talk about Star Wars. All right, well, <laughs> I, we can do that too. It's fine. Uh, Matt from London, England writes in and said he read a while back that Starbucks grew to a point where, being a franchise, it became its own competitor. One Starbucks store's biggest competitor was just another Starbucks store down the street. This got me thinking, not for too long, but a good while. I love that that's still going. If that (laughs) that good callback, yeah, yeah. If that model applies to comics, specifically to a publisher like Image, I see where you're going here. With Image sort of operating like franchises for creators to publish their own books, we're reaching a point that with so many new number ones and so much quality work on sale, that Image creators are fighting each other for the same audience. Personally, my cash and time quota for comics means I've dropped quite a few Image books to make way for new titles I'm interested in, and moved to a couple of moved a couple of others to trade. I would love to hear your thoughts. It's a it's a very interesting and I think valid uh, question. Yep. I don't think uh, it's about quite them. to the Starbucks level. 
No, but well, I, at first I thought all comics are comp- competing for each other's time and money, but then yeah. I think it's Marvel and DC connect themselves to each other, so it's kind of like buy one, buy them all, or at least some of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas these really are, you want to pick your flavor. But I, you know, that's kind of like, I think, for image, it's kind of like having lots of different ice cream flavors. Yeah. And as long as somebody's picking, or one, donuts. Let's yeah, talk about donuts. I could do that. You know, I could. <laughs> um, but then again, no, because you don't really eat unlimited ice cream. Well, some I would. Uh, I really like ice cream. <laughs> It it's I think uh, it's tough because I it it, it sort of presupposes you only have a limited space in your non Marvel DC budget. For, for well, other things. I think whereas you're not talking about non Marvel DC, it's it, it presupposes you do have a limit on your comics. And if you were to buy everything that Image is publishing right now, right. you'd be spending a pretty penny. Uh, yes, absolutely. See, for me, I just have been I've been dropping DC Marvel books and buying more Image books. Absolutely, but there are. It does get to a point with like, with certain image books where I'm like, okay, I really I enjoyed this. Totally, world. I don't need to read it forever, mm-hmm. and I'll see what else is going on because there really are a ton of choices. And I know, it, like, it sounds that like right now, if you don't want Marvel or Image, in a big way, that's what's happening. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, if you don't want Marvel or DC, what's happening is almost exclusively at Image. I mean. This used to be Vertigo's purview, and even Vertigo wasn't producing nearly this much volume no. uh, at, at any point. Um, so this, that's really – it's very interesting. Uh, and, 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 like, you can't really – because no Vertigo – or there's no – see, I'm even getting these terms mixed up. There's no image tone. There's no house style, I guess. No, no, it's, it is – they are independent contractors almost. You know, they are completely different. Southern Bastards is nothing like Black Science, which is nothing like East of West, which is nothing like – the only thing Saga. I could think, though, and this is this is a, this is a broad generalization, I know that, but like some people might look at, okay, image, those are my sci-fi books uh, in a lot of cases. Or you could just say, you know, like I have my Walking Dead, I'm definitely going to get that every month. But then of these other sci-fi image books, since there are so many, I'll take this one and this one, I'll have to catch up on that and trade or something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, you have your superheroes that you've been following for years and years and years and... Of course, I got to get Batman every month. But with these new properties, I do want some science fiction, but I don't want everything. If I have a limited budget, I don't want everything I'm reading to be, you know, mad scientist stories because there's bazillions to choose yeah. from. I really do think that all comics are competing against each other. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think, I think they're, they're all. Yes. No, I, is. I think you go in, I mean, like Marvel is all competing against each other, you know, in a way, you know, like, like, well, I really like the Avengers, but I don't, I, you know, but I like the X-Men, but I don't want to do, well, they've always encouraged you to break off into families, right? The more, the Avengers family books, the the Spider-Man family. Well, you could work two ways. And Superman. This this is my X-Men book that I'm going to read, or I'm going to read all X-Men stuff instead of reading Spider-Man stuff or Avengers stuff. I'm going to drop those. You know, when they they link stories throughout the books, that's their way of getting you to buy all those family of books to keep you in that, in that family. Um, But I don't think, I I don't, I don't think it's really exclusive to the public. I think it's just, you know, there's a bunch of things that are, that they're offering and you're going to buy as many of those as you want. No one says you got to buy all the books, all the image books. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. I don't even, I mean, (laughs) they're as great as the, and we read a lot of image books. We we just don't even read a quarter of the ones they put out. Yeah, there's a there's a ton. Well, pro- yeah, probably about that. I mean, there's a ton. There's you know, a lot of other stuff actually. Yeah, we I look through that that list of image books every week, and I probably get one to three of the eight or nine they're putting out every week. So you don't have to read them all. Also, there's nothing wrong with reading them in trade. If you're reading a lot of books and it's overwhelming, or you need to save some money, and nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you move around, you flit around, you go back. You you want you want to stop reading something, and later on, you find out it was good. You just go back, you get the trade, you pick it up. You know, it's a brave new world. It's hard, it's hard to it's hard to wonder if they're causing a glut because so many of the books are so good. It really, yeah, but I can't I can't imagine there's a world where you're going to complain that they're putting out too many good books. Right, I feel weird saying, man, they should stop putting out great books because. That's I mean, the, the problem point. you really when you have a problem is when you're just putting out a bunch of volume and they're not great. Right. Um, you know, actually, for a little while, I don't know that's true so much, but really, Marvel was uh, going for a thing where they were putting out a lot of really good books, like surprising amount of like after they did their little shuffle. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a ton of really quality Marvel books, and I had to be like, I, I can't read all these. Like, I stopped reading like Wade's Hulk. It was perfectly good. I just there was, there was too many books. I couldn't. 
yeah. I couldn't keep up. Well, in the, so in that sense, they they are all Starbucks yeah. to each other, and it's not just Image; it's every comic. Yeah, comic I mean, I mean, honestly, comics are small enough that that all of, they're all sort of in the. And because time is precious, and so is money, so you literally can't read thirty-five books a week. At least to do this show, you can't. I wouldn't want to read thirty-five books a week anyway, but it doesn't make it as much fun. You know, it it doesn't. You just can't read that many. And there's the, the and I think I could probably find thirty-five books a week I could read. Sure, but I don't want to. And so that so in that sense, I make a choice, and then I, I then that so one doesn't get get consumed and therefore well what, one of the things that i think is interesting is that one thing that i think image has done for me is i do think that they have crowded out some of the other smaller publishers sure i don't read any I, idw or dark horse anymore maybe one or two dark horse books i read some IDW dark horse and... but um it feels like people are it feels like not only are they doing Dynamite. that at the shelf i think that they're doing that behind the scenes i think people are taking their books to them instead of to other places and I think that that's making a real impact on them on the market. Like, well, the deal, the that's where the heat I mean, is in the, in, in the independent comic world. I mean, deals what, with that deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look what it, you know. Look what IDW. You know, more power to them. They can do what they want. But now they're they're a, they're a licensed powerhouse. You know, for a while there was a lot of lot. original material. I know they totally do, but it's not it's not for me. And you'll find it. We like we don't talk about them as much because we don't really read the Transformers or My Little Pony or or Ghostbusters, whatever all that is. You know, they're fun to dally in, I think. But that's kind of all they do now, which is really strange. Um, I've even dropped off from Boom a yeah. bit. I just I, and I read, I check it out. I look for it. I just don't see a lot that interests me. Um, whereas whereas the stuff that's going on, the stuff that's going on, in image it tickles my vertigo bone. Is what it does. Uh, Where else does it tickle you, Josh? No, it's just in my vertigo bone. Oh, that's if you enunciate the word bone just a little bit differently, it sounds it sounds worse. It's what I just what I just learned. It's my show. Paul, how do you? I mean, do you do you find yourself having to, add, you know, drop as you add? Hmm. There's there, you know, a lot of things. If especially if we haven't been talking about it, and it's something that maybe you guys aren't latching onto, then there's less uh, less reason for me to to keep up with something. So I'll let it slide for a bit. And then one week, when it's like a light week, I was like, oh, remember what was going on in this image book or something or this Marvel book? Mm-hmm. And I go back and read the, the last three or four issues that I'd missed. I'll tell you something. Uh, one, one thing that happened to me on was um, our, our good friend Charles, Charles Soule's book, uh, Letter 44, which is being published by Image. I'm sorry, Oni. Oni, right. yeah. Right. It's oddly, it's not an Image book. Um, but like it, that first issue was, was killer. And it comes out regularly, for, and I just kind of forgot about it because it's just so much stuff. I sort of missed it, so I went and I just bought like several of them so I can catch up because um, it was great. I love that first issue, and obviously he's doing great work everywhere else. But uh, yeah, and I still, I mean, I, I still p- will go back and read things that you guys have raved about. I just, I've talked about how I read Miss Marvel. Yeah. After Paul read about it, I went back and I read Magneto that Paul recommended. That was really good. I've, I've been starting to go back and read Superior Foes of Spider Man, which you guys have been raving about. So I, I have been adding. Books. You know it's what just, I? You know what I just? To. You know what I just went back and finished. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, what? from like the top shelf ones, the Century yeah. books. Oh, I don't even think I finished those. They were great. Were they? I really loved it. I was like, all right, I used to love this book, but like I just had let it sit there. I'd let the, I'd let that one of those little. They're like um, not tread like prestige editions, really. And that yeah. one, it had sat on my bedside table for like two years. Yeah, and I my, finally just finished them and they were great i was like these are these are wonderful and i'd forgotten about those and, I thought the, the third volume i so did not like so i don't think i got really jazzed about the, those well no the um the one with the 3d glasses yeah yeah that was not great these are better these are better than that it's different characters i guess if you get used to it uh after that but uh yeah if you've got them the around last thing i read was the nemo one. Oh yeah they go to the north pole mm. yeah 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 nemo's yeah. daughter actually now, Josh, if they put out a book starring Forlom and and, and Dengar, would you read that one? I, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, listen, I'd be. I, I I tend to read Star Wars books with create with creators I know. Can we yeah. get Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber to do that book? <gasps> Ooh, there you go. There you go. Ooh, are they both still on uh, Superior Foes? I feel like I it's know, changed up. I think three. Nick Spencer might be off. I don't want to tell you that, Connor. Don't just don't worry about what I. They've at said. least had fill-ins lately. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what it is. But he's on Avengers World. Right well, now. then perfect. They can go over to Dark Horse and do that book. 
and for, a mi- for another month while they have the well, no, the they're bang. just hanging. No, they're going to do it at Marvel. It's perfect. Oh yeah, perfect. Huh. Good. They can wait. Will it be? Will it be? Oh, hold on. Is it going to be canon? Will it be part of the? Oh my god! Story? I'd read the hell out of that book. <laughs> that would be yeah. great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Pick of the week every week. Make it weekly. Greedo's head. Just mounted on the wall. Yeah. Like a deer. That's what it's like when we let our show sort of ramble a little bit. So there you go, Matt shocker from print couch. Thanks Thank for writing us in. He wrote in at contact.ifanboy.com. He could have also called the voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, but he's in England, so I understand why he didn't do that. But if you're not in England and want to call that line, uh, tell us your name, tell us where you're from, keep the voicemail around 30 seconds, and we appreciate it. That's how you get on the show and inspire us to talk. end up talking about a book that doesn't exist, but we wish does. Matt, we would like to say cheers. Cheers, Matt. See you. Cheers. So, Paul, it's going to be a very busy oh, yeah. month, month for uh, Special Edition Podcast. we got the Amazing Spider-Man 2 podcast, which you can hear behind this show on the feed. So go back and look uh, for our thoughts on Amazing Spider-Man 2. Paul and I and uh, iFanboy writer Timmy Wood talking about that movie. And you can also find that streaming on iFanboy.com. And then uh, next week we're going to talk about Son of Batman, the latest DCU animated original film. And then Paul, at some point you'll finish up your Akira. Yeah, we just gotta find, we just gotta find a, the spot where we can you know fit that. Well, the problem in. is we'll you've you run that. into con season now. Yeah, it's con the, season, so it's, it's a little Scotty tricky. But... Scotty Young is Paul's co-host. We haven't forgotten about it. Don't worry, we'll we'll do it. And uh, then finally, it. we wrap the month up with X Men: Days of Future Past, which comes out Memorial Day weekend. Which there'll be a podcast on that as well. So lots of special edition shows this week, as many as you can handle, or this month. Oh, Jesus, it's hot. <laughs> I even have all the lights off and all the wind, all the shades drawn to keep it cool in here. That's not Don't you get the ocean breezes and whatnot? Yes. And that's how tell, that tells you how hot it is in Los Angeles right now. Take your oh. coat off. Oh, that's true. I should have taken Take my the parka off. off. I, my, my laptop is still warm from being up in the valley this week, or today, all day. Remove hey, buddy, I don't want to hear it. I lived in the valley for seven years. You're a psycho. I don't know how you got it. That's what happened. Last by doing that. Valley till I die. I got a big Van Nuys tattoo on my neck. 100 degrees. Head over to ifanboy.com. Comment on this show. Talk about this week's books. Find out all the part of the podcast. As I mentioned before, there'll be a whole bunch of them. So you'll be able to find them all there at ifanboy.com. You can follow what we do on the twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy. There's where... a mistake. What? I found a mistake in the script. Oh. Do you, does that have anything to do with what I'm saying now? Oh, or you just get to it. We'll get to oh, it. Oh, okay. I see it. I see it. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm plowing through. So it's twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy. And that's where you can see what the pick of the week is going to be before the show comes out. So if you want to try to check that out, just keep your eye on there. Uh, and you can follow us individually at Jim Viscardi, C.S. Kilpatrick, or Fuzzy Typewriter. Uh, or you could even go for me, which is Jay Flanagan. I just go, just go Jim. Just yeah, forget, Jim, forget Jay Flanagan. And I mean, and me. Listen, if, uh, listen, if you want your feed to be two-thirds wrestling, then follow those names. <laughs> that's, that's all I know. We, is this the time where we do the wrestling intervention with Paul, by the way? <laughs> Great storylines. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, you know, I've, le- I've, learned, uh, I've learned not to uh, – I don't criticize wrestling because I get – it's just something that other people like, and it seems to be – I love when I was 13. O- yeah, a large overlap with comics, and I, I totally get that, and it's fine, but uh, I don't watch it, so that's all. I don't even judge. I'm Paul, glad that- you hear the slight – just a song of judgment in that sense. I was trying not to put that in there because I don't feel it. Because I know, you know what's happening? There's enough people I know who I really like and respect who really like it, so I figure there must be something to it. Unlike music that Ron listens to. Oh. Believe in the shield, Josh. Okay. And finally, if you dig this sort it. of thing, it's okay. Write a review in iTunes. Uh, better yet, you can tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to the podcast, your grandmother, your grandfather. Uh, I think Jason Aaron said that his Great grandfather died of rabies. Yes, in the back, of the back of uh, crazy. Yeah, how much makes sense now? Yeah. Um. So we have uh, eight. No, wait, nine hundred sixty-five iTunes ratings. We got some bad news. Josh has blown it for all of us. Well, listen, I just looked. I saw a number. I saw the reviews. It said 957 previously. Now it's 965. By the way, slacking a little bit this week. So let's. What we promised was. We have 965 ratings, which is just you clicking a star key. So it's even easier. Just go there and click it. You don't have to write anything. We just need to get to 1,000 of those. And reviews were only at around 700 
So, so for all these years, we've been saying uh, thousand ratings actually been or views actually been ratings. Yeah. So, you know, we want to, more of both. A, let's get to a thousand ratings. All you need to do is go to the iTunes store, search iFanboy, find the page show page, and click the little star tracker. That's all you got to do. But yeah, before the show, uh, Connor was reading our bad reviews out to me. I liked them; they were good. Yeah, I'm, guys, I have to address this. All right. I was accused of hating fat people. <laughs> I that was a note. <laughs> was a note in the thing. So I don't. Uh, what do you do? I, I mean, it's fair. There's a fair criticism. I don't I? I really don't. Uh, I mean, I'm incredibly self-conscious about myself. It's uh, your self-loathing coming to the fore. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very weight-conscious of myself, but I, <laughs> I wanted, I really wanted, I want to find that person. Like, why do you think I hate fat people? What is? What is that about? I, w- I really want to know. Josh. Apparently, somebody had the inside track on our large cash payout from Marvel. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you, everyone, for who's written a review or rated the show, even if we it's... We really do appreciate yeah, it. Especially. It's a negative yeah. review. That's great, too. It's your, it's your honest opinion. We appreciate everyone's feedback. So go there, and please, if, if 35 of you can go leave us a star rating, takes no time at all, then we would really appreciate it. And uh, get, finally get Josh the help he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> You're so ugly. <laughs> I really that's that's a problem. I literally wake up every morning and I think, do I have any excuse that I can go to that homemade donut place down the road? <laughs> <laughs>